you Yeah, yo There whenever it matters and even more when you feel like it doesn't Protect you so you never feel like you wasn't Know I'm right alongside you, here by that I'm behind you But always got you, end the discussion, nothing means more First one to offer his shoulders for what you preach for Thought I saw the eyes of the world until I seen yours And know that I ain't see a better view yet I'm with whatever, so don't ever you fret Know that you covered, not a hurdle or a heartbreak To change what a partake Cause none of them won't ever get comfortable in your walkway My job is to aware you, fully loaded Prepare you for all of the above that I'm never letting get near you. But still, I know, give you every advantage I found. Couldn't find a better fit for them, along with my crown. And since the baton was passed, hopping down, cause feeling's not an option, and dad is not a noun, not at all. The story contained in the following auditory experience is free of sex, drug references, drug dealers, guns, gangs, pimps, prostitutes, and twerking. Although the title of this tale contains a hip-hop reference and the story largely taking place in an urban setting, this is not to be classified as urban street literature. We prefer that it be more aptly classified as hip-hop fantasy. My word is born 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 The Chronicles of a Hip-Hop Legend, Paths of Grand Wizardry. Written, produced, arranged, and narrated by D.D. Turner for the Turner Scribe Publishing Group. Original music composed and produced by The Passion Hi-Fi for Evil Twin Records, UK. Kwame Harris for Successful Tones Publishing. Kyle Owens for Impact Records, Fresh Air Management. I now give you the Chronicles of a Hip-Hop Legend, Paths of Grand Wizardry. Chapter 8. Chris peeled his eyes open and lay for several seconds staring at the smooth surface ceiling. An immediate sense of relief overcame him when he reasonably derived that the rather involved episode that he just experienced was merely another dream. He partially lifted his two-day-old, shaped-up, Caesar-adorned head from the goose-down feathered pillow to be taken aback by his disheveled appearance. His position on the bed appeared as though he merely made it into the room just before removing his clothing and collapsing on his bed. On his feet remained one sock, and in the corner of the room, where the television rested upon the top surface of a dresser, were random garments tossed around. For some odd reason, a single Timberland boot sat mysteriously on top of his 19-inch television. Chris sat up on the edge of his bed 
and gawked at the state of his room in extreme wonderment. Man, studying for that chemistry test was no joke. I must have been tripping last night, he reasoned to himself, barely able to recall even a nanosecond of the previous night's event. He quickly composed himself and shot a frantic glance at the clock. The last thing that he wanted was to be late yet another day. And even more importantly, he didn't want his mother to think that he didn't consider her suggestion with reference to waking up on time. Cool, I'm straight, Chris commented to himself when he noticed that the clock read 6.55 a.m. And as usual, he proceeded to his closet to pick out the day's clothing. I see somebody listened to his mother and set an alarm clock last night, Miss Ellison remarked as her son made his way out of the bedroom past the kitchen and into the bathroom. <sighs> Morning, Ma. Chris commented in a morning, groggy-type voice before closing the bathroom door behind him. Miss Ellison's two-bedroom apartment was located in a 10-story, multi-apartment unit-style building. The Ellison household was kept immaculate, and the tranquil scent of warm apple pie would always grant a pleasant greeting to all who paid a visit. The living room area occupied a majority of the front section of the apartment and was positioned directly across from the front door. The color scheme was subtly stated in earth tones, and the carpet brandished a light tan hue that was extremely lofty. Not a single soul was allowed to trot across its face with shoes on. A full chocolate brown suede living room set flanked its entrance, and a glass vase holding fresh sunflowers always adorned the centered, solid mahogany coffee table. The composition of the unit modeled a typical railroad-type construction. Every room was positioned off a long corridor clad in gleaming hardwood floors. The kitchen was small but well-equipped, and it afforded all who entered its space the opportunity to experience a certain Mediterranean quaintness. Complements of its red brick-colored granite tiles, characteristic cabinetry, and art. The fixtures and appliances were conservative chrome pieces, but matched perfectly with the chrome-accented double-door refrigerator and stove. The two bedrooms were equal in size, but differed in orientation. Miss Ellison's room assumed the look of a typical bedroom. Bed, closet, television, end tables, matching lamps, fresh flowers. Chris's bedroom took on the look of that of a fully engulfed hip-hop teenager. The walls were covered with a host of rap artist posters, old and new. Chris often reasoned that the visual presence of these icons provided a source of inspiration when addressing the task of his relatively demanding schoolwork, or even writing rhymes and chilling. The apartment contained a single medium-sized bathroom. It too boasted a certain style and comfort that one would only find in a hotel. On one instance, Rashawn jokingly told Chris that one of the reasons why he enjoyed visiting was because of the bathroom. He said the fresh smell of citrus potpourri and constant cleanliness made him feel like he was on vacation. To the odd compliment, Chris smirked and simply said, What I like about your crib is the basement studio. It makes me feel like we're signed and recording at D&D Studios. When Chris arrived in the bathroom, he immediately grabbed for his toothbrush and toothpaste. He stood before the sink and swapped glares between his upper body reflected in a bevel-style mirror and the application of toothpaste onto his toothbrush. As he raised the toothbrush up to his mouth, he found himself interrupted by something that proved to be unusual. What the? He remarked as he noticed a bulge under the collar portion of his white t-shirt. Several seconds passed before he dropped his toothbrush into the sink and began to recall the events of what he perceived to be last night's dream. I'm bugging. This can't be. He attempted to convince himself, 
as he raised his fingertips up to his collarbone where the bulge protruded. He ran his fingertips over the surface of the collar portion of his t-shirt to feel what resembled a chain link. Silently, he began to hope that this wasn't the same magical chain from last night, but instead, one that his mother may have placed around his neck while he was sleeping. Perhaps she wanted to show him how proud she was of his efforts and figured that a medium-sized link would be a fitting surprise. Doubt it. He reasoned silently to himself while shaking his hung head in disappointment at thinking something so dumb. Chris lifted his head and hesitantly pulled back his shirt collar to reveal the gold-twisted link that contained a shine that was capable of lighting a darkened tunnel. He pulled the link from under his shirt to reveal more of the golden chain. Not far into pulling the chain from under the soft confines of the white cotton t-shirt, Chris received confirmation of what he feared. The remainder of the chain popped out from under the white veil to reveal the monstrous BBF medallion. As a result of the startling surprise, Chris lost his footing and fell against the closed bathroom door. You all right in there? Miss Ellison called out from the sanctity of her quaint kitchen. Uh, I'm fine. I just slipped. Chris responded as he regained his footing while gawking at the medallion. He held the medallion up at eye level by way of the chain link. The medallion felt extremely heavy when it was held in this manner, but for some odd reason, that same weight wasn't reflected when the medallion hung from the chain around his neck. He barely noticed its presence then. Chris was taken aback. This thing looks exactly like it did in a dream, he remarked with a great deal of justified surprise. The two sets of eyeballs felt as though they were bolted into the contorted eye sockets on both faces. Chris picked and prodded at every single physical aspect of the medallion, hoping to uncover something. The eyeballs remained still, but exhibited a certain glassiness that was only characteristic in something that was in possession of life. Suddenly, these glassy spheres hidden behind the gold eyelids began to oscillate on the uglier of the two faces while the pleasant face began to bat its eyelids in a rapid motion. Simultaneously, the exercise eye actions on both faces came to an abrupt halt, and the hinged jaws pivoted down to present two fully open mouths. An elongated, throat-crackling-like sound poured from the mouths of the animated faces, followed by two streams of turquoise-colored strands of smoke. The smoke strands levitated right before Chris's face before they intertwined their previously independent trains to combine one. Continuing to levitate, they morphed into a rapidly spinning pinwheel design and with precise organization, output several single puffs of smoke, which in a matter of mere seconds solidified into single letters which created a series of words. Peace Cipher drifted right before Chris's eyes before dissipating. All right, all right, all right. I got it. I'm studying way too hard. After this chemistry test is done today, I'm going to chill. No books, no studying. My mind is flipping, he commented to himself, sure that what he just witnessed was a result of mental strain. Let me take this thing off and put it away. I bet by the time I get home today, this chain won't even be around. I might not even remember the joint, Chris continued, as he lifted the heavy chain from his collarbones to remove it from around his neck. What the? Chris frantically remarked as he felt a sudden intense weakness overcome his body. The chain now lay atop the bathroom sink, and Chris noticed that with each passing second, 
It became harder and harder for him to complete the inherently habitual task of standing. Thoughts of stock one overtaken by weakness right before he was murked trickled over the mental stones of Chris. He suddenly recalled that Stock didn't have the chain on when this occurred. Maybe the chain? He thought to himself. And in an instant, he grabbed for the section of the sink where the chain rested, but missed and tumbled to the floor with the chain. With every ounce of energy remaining, Chris reached over and lifted the heavy relic and placed it back around his neck. Instantaneously, he sprung to his feet with the force of a catapult launching a small stone. He stared at the awkward faces on the medallion as they twitched several times before returning to their initial state of stillness. I can't do this right now. I need to bounce. This joint has me tripping. Chris expressed while continuing his morning grooming. The time had only registered at 7.30 a.m. when Chris blew past the kitchen toward the front door. Later, Ma, he called out as he quickly charged out of the apartment's front door. You're not going to eat? Miss Ellison returned before her question was cut off by the blaring bang of the front door closing behind Chris. Turner coming to you live from the BBF complex. My Viewatron signal is having problems, so I'll make this quick. I wanted to personally thank you for listening, and also wanted to take this opportunity to inform you of some upcoming items. For starters, there is a second book in the series, as well as subsequent installments. You didn't think that I would bring you to the cliff's edge and not provide you with a parachute or gliding device. Check out for the second book in the series entitled Cypher and the Lost Relic of Pangea's Core. Set for release late 2014 or early 2015. Visit chroniclesofahiphoplegend.com to see information on book two. Visit the Chronicles of a Hip Hop Legend on Facebook and hiphops underscore wizard on Twitter or Instagram to receive new developments and information on the series. Also, keep an eye out for the Chronicles of a Hip Hop Legend merchandise. From stickers to t-shirts, we'll have an array of items for you to represent the series and the cause of Chris Cypher Ellison. Uh-oh. Seems like the signal is compromised. Can you hear me? Hello? Hey, yo, can you hear me? Man, sounds like feedback may be close. I gotta bounce. Until next time, fam, this is Dee Dee Turner. Out, 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 out. Yeah, yo There whenever it matters and even more when you feel like it doesn't Protect you so you never feel like you wasn't Know I'm right alongside you, here but that I'm behind you But always got you, hinder discussion, nothing means more First one to offer his shoulders for what you preach for Thought I saw the eyes of the world until I seen yours And know that I ain't see a better view yet I'm with whatever, so don't ever you fret Know that you covered, not a hurdle or a heartbreak A change, what a partake, 
Cause none of them won't ever get comfortable in your walkway My job is to aware you, fully loaded, prepare you For all of the above that I'm never letting get near you But still in all, give you every advantage I found Couldn't find a better fit for them, along with my crown And since the baton was passed, I've been down Cause feeling's not an option, and dad is not a noun, not at all my message to any dad, man, first off, know that, yeah, it, it is a hard job, but it's the greatest job in the world. I wouldn't trade it for anything. I wouldn't change anything about it. Everything you're doing from here on out, if it didn't have purpose before, now it has purpose. It's the most important thing you'll ever do. Just be a dad.